And for the sake of uh, today's talk, we're going to set a timeline timeline up here on the uh, at the front. So this will be the past, this will be the present, and this will be the future. And we're going to start out from the perspective of the Jews at about the time that this prophecy that we're about to be reading about Jesus is uh, proclaimed. It's easy for us to sometimes think that Christmas is all about us today, but it's good to remember there is a past that leads up to this, and it's also good to remember, of course, that Jesus came specifically so the Jews of that time, but also us today, can learn more about God. So let's start by reading our passage, which is Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 10. Isaiah 11. 11 verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with justice he will judge for the needy. He will judge the needy with justice. I will start that again. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will lay down. The wolf will lit. You really should get a better quality speaker to do these readings. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young children will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Great passage, as I said, prophecy looking forward to Jesus. And from the perspective of the people who were hearing that, they had known God had been with them for a long time, and it was because of prophecies like this, they knew to start looking forward to a Messiah. But this was written 700 years before Jesus came. So there was a long period, but they knew what to look forward to. What I'm going to do is very simple. I'm going to read back through the passage and make a few comments to make it clear when I'm trying to do the passage. I'll walk up here. When I'm here, I'm kind of scripture. When I'm out here, I'm Kent. Okay, so trust what happens here more. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. That's a good one for the Jews, is saying God is doing something new, but it does relate to the past. Remember the Jesse? Jesse was the father of David, the great king. So in some ways, this is saying this is a continuation of something God was already doing. God is still at work. 
from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. So the branch will bear fruit. We're looking forward to the future. But if you've got an apple tree, you look forward to when the apple comes, when the harvest comes, because that's a good thing. So we're looking forward to something good that's going to happen when that fruit takes place. Keep, keep in mind, in this passage, it never names Jesus, but for sake of making it easy, I will refer to Jesus as we go along as the person the passage is referring to. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So, Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, was going to rest on him. What does that mean? For me, it means Jesus is going to act and show what God is like. So, it's saying to the Jews 700 years ahead of time, a little bit of time to prepare. If you want to see what God is like and understand God, look at Jesus. Because sometimes it's hard to understand an invisible God. Jesus made it real easy to understand God. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding... It's a problem with reading these things. It's just part of it. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding... So it says Jesus, when he comes, he's going to have wisdom and understanding. That's quite cool to think about, because in a sense, if Jesus is showing what God is like, it says God is wise. We hope he would be, he's God. But it also says he's understanding. You can meet sometimes people who have all the brains and not a lot of social connection, and this is saying that's not how God is. God is infinitely wise, but he still understands you and you and you because there's something about drawing closeness that comes with understanding. And it gets even better. It says, the spirit of counsel and of might. What's counsel? Counsel is when I'm confused and I need help. So I go, you know what? I'm going to go to the vicar, right? So I go to the vicar, Maybe. Well, say it could happen. I go to the vicar for counsel, and what's he do? He gives me advice, and he gives me help. So it says, Jesus, showing what God is like, we can go to him for advice and for help. But it also says, and of might. Might is the ability to protect, to be in control. So if you need understanding, you can come to Jesus. If you need advice, you can come to Jesus. If you need protection and power... You can come to Jesus. It goes on talking about him to say, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. This is what I had to think about a little bit. Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Well, Jesus should have a knowledge of the Lord because Jesus, without getting into the heavy theology of it, is God. So he should kind of understand who God is if he is God on earth. But it also talks about the fear of the Lord. So Jesus had a fear of the Lord even though he was God at the same time. Your brain starts to fry a little bit when you try to understand the Trinity. But the thing I took from it was Jesus knows that you and I need to have a really good relationship with God. It's where everything comes from. And it was so important for us to understand that, that while Jesus was down here as a man, Jesus showed us that. Jesus didn't just say, God and me, we're buds. We got it down, you know. Jesus took the time to go and pray. Jesus took the time to fast. Jesus took the time to go into the wilderness, to have 
have that relationship with God, to show that we need that sense of fear of how great God is, but also have a close knowledge. Jesus showed us that. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus would delight in knowing God and having that sense of God's greatness. Do we delight in that sometimes? Or do we just get on with life? But I love the word delight. I'm going to go off the verse for a second. Because it's not just that Jesus delights in the Lord, which he did, but I am convinced from the other stuff I read in Scripture, it doesn't help up in this passage, though, that God delights in you. It's not just going this way. God delights in you because he made you. And he delights in you because he's walked with you 24-7 your entire life. And he delights in you because he's given you spiritual gifts so you can do stuff. And he delights in you because he's really good at forgiveness. No, he delights in us for lots of different ways because he really does love us. And that's an amazing thing. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Says when Jesus comes, he's not going to be fooled or impressed by the stuff that we see and hear that impresses us. He's going to see what's really true, and he's going to see through to the heart. So it says he's not going to decide by what he hears and with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. So there is a sense where Jesus is going to judge, and we need to be ready for that. But this is the first time in the passage where we have the needy referred to. If you read through this whole passage, there's no reference to the rich, to the wealthy, to the people who have it all. Twice the needy and the poor show up, which tells me something about God's heart. In fact, it comes up right away when it says, he will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. So as Jesus gives decisions, first off, it's going to be with justice. We don't have to fear about it being corrupt and the kind of stuff we worry about in today's world. Jesus is going to do it with justice, and it talks about he's doing it for the poor, so his heart's for the people that are really needy. If you feel needy today, you're the kind of people who Jesus' heart is for. Because you can be poor of spirit, you can be poor of money, you can be poor of lots of things. And it says, for the poor of the earth. This wasn't just for the Jews. He's saying this is for everybody. And the Jews don't recognize this for a very long time. Hundreds of years. But 700 years before Jesus, God is already saying through the prophet, this is for everybody. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. If you're feeling oppressed or bothered by the fact the world isn't fair, it's a great promise. The wicked will be punished. When we look forward into the future, we don't see it all in the present yet, but when we look into the future, it promises the wicked will be punished. Lesson for you this morning, if you're one of the wicked, stop. Because you're going to be punished. If you've been wicked already, the nice thing about Jesus is he died at Easter so that our sins can be forgiven. Come to Jesus, say you're sorry. You can stop being one of the wicked. You become one of the righteous. It's all there. 
Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. I didn't have time to use this illustration in the previous service, so I get to use it now. Great. Um, I've just been doing a lot of traveling. It's why I've not been around. And one of the things you have to do when you travel through airports is you go through security. And you walk, it used to be you just walked through a thing that went beep, 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 you know, and told you if you were carrying guns and stuff. But they don't now. You have to go to the thing where you get x-rayed. Have you guys done that? You stand in a little booth and the little x-ray thing goes around you. My problem is, before you get there, you have to take all the metal off. So I have to take off my belt. I take my belt off, my trousers fall down. Okay? So it was okay walking through the beep beep thing because you could hold your trousers up. Now you can't because you have to have a little praise session. So it's not a praise session for me, it's a prayer. Trousers stay up. Trousers stay up. Valerie's looking, sitting at the back, proud to have me as her husband. The reason I share that story is because I won't go out without my belt. Right? This says Jesus will not go out without righteousness and faithfulness. That is his belt. We have a God and a Jesus who is righteous always. He is faithful always. You can't take it off of him. How cool is that? We also have a promise. There's now a long section where it talks about we haven't had all the future we're going to get yet. From the standpoint of the Jews, Jesus coming at Christmas was future. But actually for us, that's now the past. And we have Jesus helping us in our lives now in our present, but that's not all the Jesus there is. There's more still to come in the future. And this next passage is about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back with a new kingdom. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox. These are all the things that would be eating each other in the normal world of today. There's going to be a time in the future when all that stops. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. This is not safeguarding instructions, by the way. This is future. Um, They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. We have a time coming when harming and destruction are going to stop. Jesus has so much for us that, that there is this incredible kingdom coming. We can't even get our head around what the animals are going to do, let alone the rest of it. And it says, on all my holy mountain, so it's also going to be holy. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Easy to miss it, but a crucial thing in that passage is it says the knowledge of the Lord. We have a God who can be known. One of the things about most religions is you spend your whole life struggling to find out about holiness or God or learn mysteries. We have a God who wants to be known. And he wants to be known deeply. And it says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. He wants all the earth, all peoples again, coming up again, 
letting the Jews know, the Jews and us know, this is for everybody. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations will rally to him. The root of Jesse, remember, we were told right at the start, that's Jesus we're talking about. So it says, in that day, Jesus will stand as a banner. Have you ever walked through London and you see the people walking along with the umbrellas and the big group of Japanese or Chinese or whatever people behind them, the tour guides? It's kind of, that's what it's going to be with Jesus. Everyone's going to be gathered around following him at a stage in the future. We're not seeing that yet. We'd like to see a lot more people following our little banner here at SMG or whatever. We're doing what we can to reach out. But you feel like we're the exception. There's a stage when everyone's going to be gathered around Jesus. Everyone's going to be gathered to his banner. It's for all peoples. And it says the nations will rally to him. So once again, another reminder, this is for all the nations. Our trying to help take this message out is just doing what was predicted way back then. And his resting place will be glorious. When this is all done, and Jesus' kingdom comes, it's going to be restful and it's going to be glorious. And what did Jesus say to his disciples? Why did he leave? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. My father's house, there are many rooms, and you're going to live there. He wants us to live in that glorious, restful place with him. So as I finish, from our perspective now, I've got to turn the timeline around, past, present, future. Jesus came for us at Christmas in our past. Jesus is here now in our present calling us to get to know him better. And Jesus has promised to be with us into the future. Whatever future you have now, whatever future there is for eternity, Jesus has called to be with us in that. It doesn't get better than that.